0: Welcome to the Next Tuesday Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Susie. I'm Caroline. And we're making women great again. Even though we were already pretty great. We share authentic business stories, one woman at a time. We're a little Wall Street and a little woo-woo. We'll see you next and every Tuesday. Hey, everybody. What up? Um, Raise your hands if you are feeling motivated at this time of the year. To get through the end of the year. I'm not raising my hand. Don't
1: worry. No one's looking at you. So if you didn't or you did, it's okay.
0: Um, It's a little tricky to get through these last kind of like weeks of the year with Q4 because like you're ready to, you know, you have Thanksgiving and you have Christmas and you want to eat things. And you want to hibernate and it's dark outside and it's like, oh, and I need to go to the gym, but I need to do my work. And then I have all these days off and it's just, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard. So we're there with you.
1: Or you have, like, a child. And or you just They're going to demand your boob, your human cow, if it works out for you. Yeah. And if not, you're just there to make sure they don't choke or they open their eyes once they're closed again. Yeah. All the things.
0: All the things. So, if you're struggling a little bit, it's okay. We're here for you. We're normalizing struggle. We're normalizing it's the real. struggle us. We're also
1: normalizing, feeling totally motivated, and gung-ho. Yeah. Because it is such a festive, fun fall time of year.
0: And if you're in retail, like, you have to be, like, ripping and roaring. You know, you've got, like, it is almost time for gifting season. God, when
1: you said ripping and roaring, today is actually my birthing day, if you're listening to the launch of this podcast. And I don't know if it really is because we're recording ahead of time. But, like, it's my due date, and I just imagined – The ripping and roaring of Down Under. That's absolutely terrifying. (laughs) It is so terrifying. that we're going to reframe it as a motivating thing, knowing that my body and baby work together to come out healthy and happy. Susie's really
0: into hypnobirthing right now. So we're just (sighs) finding the motivating positives. So speaking of being motivated and framing things in a really great way. Oh my
1: gosh, if you
0: need some upliftment
1: and you need some quotes to write down and stick on a post-it note and put it on your laptop, this is your episode. This is
0: absolutely your episode. We are interviewing Christina Dick. She is of Tiramisu for Breakfast and the founder of TFB Agency, which is a PR firm agency. It always feels weird. Like whenever I say firm I always just think of like old stoji guys and so but she has like the best motivational quotes she's also a professor at VCU which is awesome
1: and she really motivates me every time I hear her name just to go eat some something really yummy
0: yeah I'm trying to think about what I should eat for dinner and now I'm like maybe I should eat tiramisu for dinner I think you should eat tiramisu whenever you want tiramisu but interestingly enough um her PR firm has nothing to do with tiramisu and really like her blog doesn't either but um you get to hear about all about that and you get to hear all about it while she's dropping these crazy amazing quote truth bombs that kind of like rocked our world a little bit yeah we got pretty excited about them so without
1: further ado
0: here's christina dick bye Bye. the next Tuesday podcast Hello. we are here with Christina Dick she is the founder of tiramisu for breakfast why don't you tell us a little bit about what that is because I think you've got I mean there's a lot going on also I thought it was a food blog so I want to know <laughs> how
1: you chose your name
2: it has nothing to do with tiramisu or breakfast so unfortunately in that way it's kind of silly um I started my career in advertising Woo whoop yeah. yeah, and when I was working at Capital One in their like social media department, my friend Liz, who actually does have a food blog, I Heart Veggies. I don't know if y'all know her. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, and she just came out with a book too, the Truly Healthy Vegetarian Cookbook.
0: Little right. plug for Liz. Oh, a little yeah, love <laughs> it. I do her PR maybe. I it's fine. It <laughs> I'm fine. gonna see
2: how many of my clients I can yeah, plug, plug in on. and be like, do you need a big bag? It's like um, or air conditioning or Botox.
0: It's happening. I <laughs> love Botox actually so let's do that let's
2: do it i love it well and so liz really like encouraged me i wanted to start a blog and i was worried that it was going to be super silly because i love beauty products when i was in college i worked part-time at bare minerals Ooh, it was so fun swirl tap and buff your way to perfection it was like so fun (laughs) And, yeah, and so I was super into beauty products and obviously, like, buying them a lot, reading a lot about them, watching those YouTubers and things like that. Um, but I was worried that because I was so young in my career and doing all these, like, networking events and speaking on panels about social media and advertising and marketing that people would think it was really silly if I had a beauty blog. So I was actually really, like, embarrassed about it at first. And mm-hmm. I was teaching at VCU at the time, and I remember, like, hoping the students didn't find out that I had a beauty blog. And then, obviously, now I, like, walk in, what up? Not really
0: people to take you seriously especially Mm -hmm. when you're like younger because I mean I started my practice when I was 24 and so you have to be very very mindful of all those things like anything you do is scrutinized because you're young Mm -hmm. and so you have to be very much like body language social media all of that like any anything you kind of like slip up on Mm -hmm. is an excuse for people to be like oh they're just like a silly little girl Mm -hmm. so I, I mean I get that like it's hard it's you're kind of like, I want you to respect me, like give me respect, but at the same time you're like, well, fuck, I've, now I'm kind of putting myself in a hole, but I don't know, I, I totally get that. I understand that a lot.
2: And I think, and it's funny too, because now I feel like it's worked out to my advantage so much to be underestimated and I kind of like love it because I've been able to like slide under the radar and do different things. They're like, Oh, what's she doing social media? Like, okay, now I have a social media company. Like, yeah. yeah. So that kind of comes back around to what tiramisu for breakfast is. So it started as a beauty blog, a fun little hobby. And then obviously a lot of people in advertising take on side projects and things like that. A beauty brand reached out to me locally and was like, Oh, we want to partner. How could we work with you? And so that was one of my first clients where I was able to see that bridge between you know being really interested in the beauty industry and then also my background in advertising which I also love I love social media so then from there you know I picked up clients I stayed in my day jobs and then when I went off on my own I couldn't think of a better name than that (laughs) I thought it was fun and I I think it really does fit I always talk about because obviously it's Christina Dick is my name and a lot of people will name their companies like their last name and you just can't with mine <laughs> You're you, know? what? No. you don't
0: want to be like yeah. the beauty dick well i, I thought like about it. it being like
2: don't be a dick
0: pr <laughs> I, I like it but... that's my life motto like that's the motto yeah, that i know. i say that all the time I'm just like just don't be a dick <laughs> i so i true. personally love that but yeah i can see how that would be annoying <laughs> <laughs> So
1: and so how did how you choose be. tiramisu, like, when you started your beauty blog? How did you So, I and mean, that's
0: the funny thing.
2: I wish I had, like, a better story or could remember. I don't really know. I mean, I literally do. I don't eat tiramisu for breakfast, like, often or all the time or anything like that. But it would be something where it's, like, that is my favorite dessert. I first started getting it when I, I went to VCU. And there was this pizza restaurant called Vito's that was, like, super close to my dorm, and I used to get a pizza, or like two slices of pizza, cheese fries with bacon, (laughs) and tiramisu, and then obviously I couldn't get to the tiramisu, so I would have to eat it for breakfast, because that was like a monstrous amount of food, yeah, Um, so it kind of was like the literal thing I was thinking of it like that and I would toss it I still remember sitting in the car with my friend and being like I kind of want to start a blog like I kind of want to call it tiramisu for breakfast and now it's just completely changed it isn't really a beauty blog anymore at all it's all focused in more of like an advertising and PR consultancy but then I learned that tiramisu is actually like Italian for it means like pick me up or cheer me up and I'm like that's awesome right and I'm like oh
0: my gosh that's Cool. Really cool. That's the way it works out. That's like, see, and then that's how the thing, that's how the world works. (laughs) What
1: I love, too, is that you have evolved with the name and you've allowed your business model to shift and change and do different things. I think for me, too, like I get so hung up on the perfectionism of like Mm -hmm. having to have the perfect name or like the perfect thing or like it can't stay this because it's been that and it can. You just have to keep it moving. Just Mm -hmm. do it just
2: like well and I remember too even I'm TFB agency so I kind of kept here even so I'm only two and a half years in or so to my business and I've only now maybe you know a few months ago or whatever started to be more and I did work with like a branding firm and things like that too to do my logo and we talked about that why is there TFB agency and then tiramisu for breakfast I'm like TFB agency is my professional and then tiramisu for breakfast is like my fun and I'm like they're exactly the same like what if people ask what TFB stands for so um so then I just started to be a little bit more open about
0: it. So let's talk about that and like how that evolution happened. So like when did you decide, all right, I'm gonna do my own thing mm-hmm. and I'm going to take this from like well, I guess there are two different steps. Like when did you so when did you decide you are gonna do your own thing and then versus when are you like, All right, we're T F B agency. hmm How'd that happen? Where'd that go? Where'd that come from? So
2: I, it was so gradual, you know, and it wasn't like I had ever had this huge plan of, I really want to be an entrepreneur. Like that's my goal. I wanted to work in like big ad agencies, right? And big, like high profile clients. And that was what was super exciting to me. I studied advertising at VCU and my goal, like dream job was to work at the Martin agency, which is like a large advertising agency here in town. And then if not that I was looking at like New York and what agencies are up there. And Luckily, and I was so excited that I landed a job at Martin right after I graduated, and I did media buying, which is, like, broadcast television and radio, negotiating the schedules. It was all TV-based, and it was funny, because, like, I don't know about you, I didn't have a TV in college, and, like, after college, I was, like, buying television shows, and... (laughs) I don't know. It's interesting. And then we started to get into social media. So there was this club that was so awesome and fun called Social Media Club of Richmond. Yeah. I don't know if, yeah. It was the best. And it was so cool because it was all these people who had kind of jumped on the bandwagon early. I have air quotes mm-hmm. for the record. Um, like early on Twitter, you know, it was like 2010, yes. 2011. Yeah. And it wasn't like nobody really, I don't think their whole job was Twitter, social media, like that didn't even really exist yet that I know of in Richmond. But we were hanging out with like the news people, with like, um, I don't know, like theater critics, like just random Random assortment of beer store owners, like coffee connoisseurs, like all these people who just happened to kind of be forward thinking when it came to like digital media and Twitter. And so I just learned so much and I kept bringing that back to work and talking about it and saying, how can we do this? How can we negotiate in? social media posts with our buys <laughs> and mm-hmm. I I was like a junior local broadcast buyer so my job was to call like Greenville, North Carolina and Fargo, North Dakota and like negotiate yeah. and they were like we're gonna fax over the schedule and I was like oh my god uh. you know, you don't have a fax machine this is <laughs> we I mean. did though that's the funny part though when you're in college and I tell the students this so much I'm like it's so funny because you learn which is what's so energizing about like being in education and doing all this you learn all this super forward thinking stuff and then you like go to work and you're like oh wow we're back in the 1920s it's so funny but it and it wasn't that like Martin Agency was very like forward thinking and stuff like that but I still do think like college is such a cool opportunity to just think crazy big and so I just loved social media and I remember I got the opportunity we did they taught these classes that were called um they were like we're gonna teach social media 101 yeah and they had the executives come in and we would teach these little classes and I remember sitting next to the president of the company and like showing him how to use Facebook and it was just the coolest thing ever because they're so smart so creative but this was just a totally new thing and that's where I kind of talk about the being underestimated and like sliding in under the radar because I just got so super hyper focused in this thing that I was really interested in it and allowed me to kind of shape my career. And then from there, from Martin Agency, I was there for three years and (laughs) it was so fun. I remember when I like, after I taught that one-on-one class, I started to get noticed. They moved me into a new like social media department and that was dream job so cool I got to they made this like really expensive gecko dolls like $13,000 replica of the replica of the um, Geico gecko and I had it my job was like to take him around the country and like take pictures of him in his
1: perspective so like if you can
2: see like on Facebook we took him to Niagara Falls and we were like tweeting with this football player from Buffalo New York and like we met up with him at the zoo and like with like a a seal, I think maybe in like oh my high God. fives. I remember, and then we took them to Houston Space Center and like somewhere Fort Worth, Texas, I think. So I don't know. It was such a fun job. I was there, and then I went to Capital One, which that was different, and. Like, larger, right? So, Martin, he just sees, like, 500 people. Capital One's, like, 11,000 or 13,000 just right. in Richmond. So, I stayed in social media there. That's when I started the blog. And then went to another. I missed advertising agency life versus right. being on the, we call it, like, client side versus agency side. Went to an agency called Big River, and I got to work on Sweet Frog. So, that was really oh fun. God. Yeah. And I, Martin, I had worked on Cool Whip. So, I was,
0: like, I got the dessert
2: category, oh like, down. Perfect. It fits on. the whole term yeah. thing. Yeah. Yes
0: yes and agency life is so pa- is very fast-paced mm-hmm. and it's not like if you're in-house and you're like working on one client all the time but like mm-hmm. agency life like yeah you might have an account but you're also like it's when it's all hands on deck and like you're you know shit's hitting the fan you mm-hmm. have to work on somebody else's stuff so like it agency life is crazy a lot of people want to go in-house because mm-hmm. well I mean I guess in law we call it in-house but because it is so insane Mm -hmm. and and the hours are long and it's super crazy so what did you like like so much about being
2: agency side just the learning and the doing and just being around so many smart people you know it was just there was nothing like being at and I think it's different too I'm sure I like romanticize it because it was my very first job and I think that's just you just are so I had the best boss and it was just like so many smart, creative people that like loved it and were doing such cool things, you know, and that's what it was all about. Like, what were you creating and doing? It was um, exciting. Yeah. And then so like Big River, I kind of wanted to go back to that and have a little bit more like responsibility. And I also kind of like that scrappiness. So it's a smaller company and I liked being able to do everything for a client. Right. So like with Sweet Frog, we did like an influencer campaign, which is very much in my lane, like social media campaign, et cetera. But then I also got to, like, mail out little gift cards to the people who had posted. And I literally was the one writing it. And I said, from Scoop and Cookie, which are the names of the little mascots. Yeah, so, like, to just be able to see it from, like, beginning to end, I think that's so fun. Yeah, Yeah, that is really cool. Yeah, and then I did recruiting. And that was really interesting because I got to see, like, what's in demand, where's the industry going. And that really gave me a good perspective on, like, you know, where everyone is. And I thought that I would love recruiting and that I would be really good at it because everyone's like, Oh, you know everyone, like da da and people would ask me to help them find jobs or whatever. And it I hated it. Not your thing. No, it was so it wasn't for me. And I missed the work, you know, and at that time I still had that beauty. That was like really when I was starting to pick up that freelance beauty client and kind of do more stuff with that. And then that's when I was just like I got to get out of it and do it on my own. You know, it wasn't working out in any of these other companies. Like I've got to just do it this way. So it wasn't like this whole big dream of, I always want to be an entrepreneur. It was like, this is what I want to do. This is how I think that brands, companies, clients need to be served. This is what I think needs to happen in the way that it needs to be done. And I don't really see any other way
1: than just doing it myself. So tell us about that. What do you see like especially when you went into it what was the vision how did it's, you want to impact
2: it's the giving it's the giving and not knowing what you're going to get back in return and like doing things to the fullest extent and not not being limited by and like thinking long term and that's the part that i would just struggle with you know what I mean I'd be like well let's try this and let's speak at this thing well the bottom line I know it sounds so no, true, like no, hard, but it's, but it's so like well, how are we going to come back to that and I'm like no and also the other thing is that I loved being involved in things outside of work again I have the air quotes yeah. for the <laughs> record. But, um, I remember and it's so funny when I tell people they're like like, companies were annoyed that, like, bosses would be like, oh, you're going to speak at this thing again. Like, oh, you're teaching a class. And weird. I'm like, yeah, I'm a professor at VCU on the side. Yeah. yeah I like, Ooh, I'm like on what this panel. Well, I'm not like that, but just there are things that just, like, fueled me. And I don't really see that gap and I know they talk a lot about like our millennia and I don't like to group it in like by age like that but our generation or whatever just the type of person that I am personally I don't really see that distinction between like this is me in my career life and this is me in my personal life it all blends mm-hmm. together and it's like super exciting to me and that's just how I see it. and you got to do all these different things for people so just a strict business model or being strictly in your lane I wanted to be free and do whatever I wanted to do for the client
0: yeah I kind of I can understand that too because I think there's so it's like if you're dedicating your life to something you want to be able to dedicate your life to it in a way that like feels good Mm -hmm. and makes you not feel like cringy at the end of the day so Mm -hmm. like why not take the stuff that you're building and well and also it's like we don't have that job security that our parents had. So we kind of have to like continue to build ourselves in other ways. while Like if you're working for somebody else, like they can let you go at any time. So yeah, you're going to continue to like better yourself as a, as a human while you're working for somebody. I don't know. I just think it's, I always think that's kind of crazy. I'm like, why, why?
1: Well, and then from a company's perspective too, like they're so concerned about their bottom line and your productivity. So if you're not putting in your eight full hours, which we all know, like half of those eight hours is like, scrolling through the internet (laughs) and like looking at other people's social media and just dragging around the day because most of us can get our work done in the amount of time and be like cool (laughs) why am I not teaching that class or going to that workshop or doing this thing
2: I can't stand when I don't like I can't stand wasted time and when I just see that something is not being utilized properly or whatever. Like it would just drive me crazy. Like, Oh, this person is like my boss and head of social media, but they like can't even use Twitter. And I can tell cause I can see their Twitter account. Like no. not a specific person. That's just a random example, but yeah, And to it's something
1: that's like always welcomed
2: or appreciated, right? And that's what's and so I would just be like, oh, but I can do this thing. I just I hated having limits being placed. And again, I keep talking about like the underestimated thing and and stuff like that. I was just getting so frustrated. I remember one time was at you know corporation and I was got asked to speak on a panel and they were like, no, we looked at it and we looked at the other people who were going to be on the panel with you and we don't think that you are like high enough level to be next to them. Like it's going to make us look, which I understand from like a PR perspective, like how they evaluate that and how they make sense and how their company is represented. But that's the thing is when you're evaluated as a number and as your role versus right. as a person that you are, do you yeah. know what I'm saying? It, well, they're devaluing you as,
1: as someone who has something to offer, even if your role and category within the organization yeah. isn't like a director level. Mm-hmm.
0: Role. Ugh, that feels icky. So what was it like when you decided, okay, like, what was your day like when you decided, like, this is the day I'm doing it, I'm going to open an agency? What was that? What, what happened? I mean, I'm sure it wasn't just, like, one day, but, like, when you decided, like, I'm doing this, what was that process like? And then, like, when did you decide, okay, this is bigger than me, I need more people?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and so I don't really have more. Pe- I have interns that I work with sometimes, but I haven't brought on like a full staff. I wanted to be TFB consulting, Taramusu for Breakfast consulting, but the URL was taken. <laughs> um, so, which, yeah, like that sounds silly, but that's really what I had more yeah. of, is, like a consultancy, and then I source things out. And I knew that I would have the resources for that be- because of like being involved
0: in like the Richmond Ad Club and things like that. You've got the contacts, mm-hmm. which is like half the battle. It's like finding good contacts and good people to put into roles that they can be successful. Mm -hmm. So I like, I think that that's such an undervalued resource, but it's so important because if you're like blowing through, I don't know, like plumbers, even like you're blowing through plumbers and they're all like screwing you over, you're wasting so much time. So it's like great to have somebody who knows the ins and outs and can kind of like place you with the right people. Mm -hmm.
2: And there's different ways. And that's, again, this like idea of tiramisu for breakfast is that it is kind of like as another kind of extension of it or way to think of it is it's obviously like not conventional. And it's like, okay you're not really supposed to eat. You're not really supposed to do these different things in your role. It's always been like that. And so I feel like when you traditionally go to an ad agency or a PR agency, this is the way we do things. This is what you get. And it's not like if you think about any like innovative company, it's they've like, you know, the whole like blue ocean strategy and all that. It's people who've turned things on their head and think about things differently and don't be limited by things that we conventionally are. And in a way, I think it's caused so much, like, struggle and, like, yeah. um, tension and, like, oh, my gosh, it's been so hard to do to just completely, like, I feel like reinventing the wheel and starting yeah. my own way. It's not like, you know, you go into this, like, path, right, of, like, okay, this is what, this is how you build an agency, this is the model, and
0: this is what you follow, and you follow these rules. I wouldn't have wanted to do that because it right. was, well, that's the opposite of what you were, like, why you wanted to leave, I feel like, and start your own thing. It's, like, is doing it yourself.
2: Yeah, like, I started to grow clients a little bit, like, yeah, because when I was leaving, I already had the beauty client. Ooh. And then I remember patient first reached out, and they were like, hey, and then James River Air. So I got them, like, right away. So I right away had those two clients.
0: So let's talk about so then kind – of, so let's talk about – so you have these clients – which is awesome because like a lot of times when you move into a new like role into a new company, you're like, well, here I am. I'm ready for the world and there's no one calling me. Right. So how did you grow that? Like, what was that hustle like? And how did you like kind of go out and pound pavement and get more clients? I guess.
1: How did they find you? Yeah. Especially when your marketing isn't like, this is the way I do it. It's like, let us think together outside of the box.
2: Yeah, exactly. Well, and so it, it had, and I never really was worried about clients, like finding me, right. Because that was something that I always did. And that's, a thing, so one of the classes I teach at VC was called professionalism, I didn't name it but it's professionalism and it's all about networking and I believe in it so much and people say like, networking is such a cheesy word but it, that's what I'm just like super super big and huge on, I love it I love meeting people, going to all of these like meetups, I always joke because I've like accidentally joined like all these clubs that I don't like belong in, like yeah. I joined um, like the Richmond Mom meetup, like I went, <laughs> my friend was like sponsoring it because he had like owned this website downtown shore pump or whatever and so I was like oh i'll go to that the wine locked and then like how old are your kids And like oh Ooh, I'm and then really like good. another time i went to this event and it was for jewish people but i didn't know do you know what i mean and i thought it was just like open and i think it was but then i went several times <laughs> <and> then, <laughs> i'm thinking about converting well i know and then i was like they were talking about planning a trip to israel and that's when i was like uh and then i was like do they know like i don't want to because i don't want to be pretending yeah to be jewish but so
0: you could be a jew for jesus that's (laughs) what i want to do like i've always said because my dad's side of the family is jewish and i'm like i want to be a jew for jesus like that's the thing what is that it's like i think it's so it's jews like jesus that believe in jesus i'm like i could do that i would love that i got that i have to get tested for tay Sachs and all those like Eastern European Jew diseases. Like, I'm going to be a Jew for Jesus. It's fine. I think they'll take anybody. It's great.
1: And so, like, the networking aspect, is that something that you've always liked to do? Yeah. Because for so many small business owners, that's a really hard thing s- Yeah. Thing to, it's like, jump into. Yeah, I'm the most awkward networker. I, like, walk in a room and I'm like, hi. But
2: see, that's the thing is that I just don't think it's that – like, you're networking right now. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there could be different things that we're talking – I just think anything is – an opportunity so Liz who I was talking about earlier who's you know kind of motivated me to start the blog we met in adult gymnastics class (laughs) which is another
0: hobby I want to do that
1: (laughs) oh my god so I as soon as this baby bounces out I'm there there." (laughs) trampolines I still that was like the one thing as a kid I didn't get one and I'm still like I have it's, a mini tramp in my living room. Oh, I want a big height. Oh no, I want like a legit. They're trampoline. so dangerous. Yeah, They're so dangerous. dangerous. Well, my dad, right. the lawyer, was like, "We're gonna get sued." Yeah, I got a new
2: will... pediatrician client, and so I've been researching all like pediatric articles, like reading all these like. My, I use that app Texture. It's like my favorite oh, yes! thing. But the pediatricians say that trampolines very dangerous. I mean, from my probably, we, just, we just talked to a pediatrician. We did,
0: but adult gymnastics is fun. We're all gonna go together as soon as it's not pregnant. And we competed.
2: Yeah. No way. So um oh this is so funny. So we go right, and I've been going there since I was eighteen. This place. So when oh, I yes. went to started going to VCU, I was looking for like where can I do gymnastics like as a hobby. I'm not. And Were I'm not you a
1: gymnast? To, mm,
2: I like, did it in high school, and I'm like very like yoga y type of gymnast. Like I yeah. can do all like the bendy stuff, but I'm not like super strong like done. Yeah, girl.
0: Oh, yeah, you can, like, legit gymnast. Yeah. You're a legit gymnasting right here. <laughs> it's like a real gym. You're on the floor. We all had
1: matching leotards. <gasps> you targets. can do an aerial. Yeah.
0: All right, well, I'm coming.
1: I'm doing this. Teach me how to do that.
2: <laughs> well, and it it's the cutest thing. It's this family, Doug and Colleen, and they have three girls, Morgan, Kelly, and Mackenzie, and they all, like, do gym. They're, like, this cute gymnastics family, and so they used to be at Staples Mill, and... So they were telling us, like, so I started going there, I was 18, and then, like, every Sunday they have adult tumbling, it's, like, $15, drop in, um, you just, like, show up, and they have, like, different teachers and stuff, and a lot of it, it's, like, former gymnasts, but then it also is just people who just, like, wanted to try. Another, like, a friend of ours, she was, like, she's tall, and so I guess her parents told her, like, growing up she couldn't do gymnastics, because she was too tall, so now she's, like, <laughs> going at it full force. So oh, she's, like, really? Watch me. I know, now we're, like, in our 30s. So... Yeah, so they were telling us, hey, you guys should do this, like, college alumni division of this tournament that we're doing. They do the Jarrell Steel Invitational at Richmond International Raceway. Um, and this is when I was working at Capital One, and we all got matching leotards that were like $170, which amazing. I think is so funny. They have um, like rhinestones, you see in the pictures. Wait,
0: this is amazing. I love that they were $170. <laughs> Stop it. This is so
2: phenomenal. And so, yeah, so we go to this competition, we're like this college alumni division, right? There's four of us. It was me, my friend Emily, Liz, Rachel, and me. And awesome. I go and there's no one. So this college alumni division at this giant Richmond Raceway competition is just us, the four of us. Oh, my God. And there's no Stop. one. There's no, like, high schoolers. It's, like, eight-year-olds and then us,
0: you That's know? That's phenomenal. This is my dream come true. It was
2: bad. And then well, the thing <laughs> is, too, that it's not, like, like people are, like, looking at us, like, Ugh. But the thing is that the eight-year-olds are so so much better like way better you know what I mean it's not even like it's not like something now where we're like up against an 8 year old and we're like what now like yeah. doing like I don't
0: know Excel spreadsheets or something I don't know are they probably would offense. kill a <laughs> I mean, but so it was just like, they're literally like amazing like they were this is their thing like mm-hmm. and we're just like I hope I don't break a bone yeah mm-hmm. got it I'm on board I like That's this amazing. a lot oh my so god so like, like next Tuesday to be a sponsor and I'll
2: yes. put your logo <laughs> on my leotard we yes. would
0: like to do that. We would I like, like to sponsor this I would love
1: us. to do that. I also want a leotard. I'll wear one. We will get it. Um. Okay, so So yeah. that's
2: where you can do networking, time back into ne- So that's time where I met Liz, who then, like, helped me get my job at Capital One, helped me, I owe her, like, a lot, I guess. Yeah. She helped me start my blog, and it's just all these different things. So I don't see it in this way of, like, a networking event. And I try to explain it to students and, like, break it down, because I do feel like it is a hard thing to explain, but I say there's different types of events, right? I like to go to things where I'm going to, like, learn, right? So I think next week I'm going to the American Marketing Association does a luncheon, and this one's on creativity and Noah Scalen's talking. And oh, good. It, I know, yeah, I know I'm going to, like, hear something cool and learn something cool. And I know the types of networking events where, like, people come up to you and, like, force their business card down your throat. And, like, I think that's what people tend to think of. But it just doesn't have to be that way. And I always tell students, this is like a Bill Nye quote, I think. We can fact check. the sign? we fact We never fact check.
0: Um, All, everything we say is a fact, said. always.
2: <laughs> he <laughs> said. said, um... Everyone you meet knows something you don't, and so that's what I always tell too. And you ha- just have to think of the other people as people, which all this stuff sounds like so basic, but I think well, but that's where you go into the problem. You go into it and we're like, well, what are they going to think of me? And da da da, da. And it ought, to me, all the problems stems from thinking about yourself too much. And if you just immediately, No <laughs> oh, yeah, like if you just immediately think about them and how they might be feeling and whatever, just take. Just slip it and try to find out, like, one cool thing about them or whatever it is. That completely erases any type of, like, insecurity. Yeah. Well, but although I do think I'm, like, a total weirdo in terms of, like, energy level and, like, outgoingness. No, I love <laughs> that,
0: too, because I, like, I walk into a networking event and I'm, like, who am I going to make friends with today? <laughs> yeah. And, like, no, that's not normal. Like That's not normal. No. I'm, I'm like an
1: extroverted introvert mm-hmm. so for me when there's like a million people around I'm immediately like where's the quiet corner where I can just like see everything and if someone approaches me I'm like oh awesome but yeah. I'm not the best at approaching other people but see then I think you because I remember meeting you
2: and we were like at Elwood Thompson's and we were like networking I don't know who I was sitting thing. with but that's the thing to me that's what I think we just defined it in a way that then like intimidates people and it yeah. turns yeah. people away from it and if you to me like everything is like
1: well I love what you know, said everything is an opportunity and I think so often we frame things like we immediately kind of like start limiting what things can be based on like the immediate it's just like creatively thinking right it's like if you get so into the problem you can't see outside of it you're so trapped into like the box of the structure and this is what we do and this is the parameter that's been set but if you step outside and you're like actually there's a whole lot of ways to look at that then it becomes a little broader and less scary yeah.
0: like difficult to navigate. Yeah. Just like social media marketing. If you step outside the box, because that's what we were just talking about, like stepping outside the box. And I think that's important because a lot of times, like actually constantly, everybody's doing things one way. So it's, it's important to not get stuck stuff so
2: I know and I get sometimes I feel like it just starts to just snowball and get on this bandwagon we start to say things that we don't even mean sometimes like oh I hate social media and it's like do you like do look really? at it like right like I just feel like there's so much good stuff on there I love like connecting with people like Just, like, on the way here, I forget, like, somebody, like, was tweeting about, like, they got a raise at their job, and I'm, like, so excited for them, and just these different things, and I think people define it, and it's so crazy to me, and I think it's because I'm just in it all day, every day, it's my job, but it's, like, how can you blame a tool that doesn't make any sense and you need to just like look within yourself do you, and that's another quote that I love I love quotes y'all I it's love like, it anytime you think the problem is outside of yourself that thought is the problem and I do believe that and you just have to like reframe how you're thinking about things and like if you and also another one I say for networking is like to be interesting be interested yes. like you just have to like Flip it and stop thinking about it. Like, you know, just flip it on its head and, like, think about, oh, if social media is so negative, like, think about what you're putting out there. Like, why don't you put out something? Like, you can...
1: Well, and yeah. it's, like, the law of attraction, right? Like, like, attracts, like, so if you're going into it with good energy and you expect yes. to receive good energy, like, sure, you might get, like, some troll at some point saying something, but you're, like, you're a troll. Go buy troll. <laughs> get like, back under your bridge like, troll. I'm going to delete you troll. Well,
2: um, people will say, like, people are, like, oh, like, how are you always posting all these things or doing this, whatever, and such. I'm, like, I don't, I don't know.
1: Like, why not? Why, why not? Why? You know? I don't yeah. know. And so thinking of kind of, thinking outside the box, I like whenever I say that because I think of a box of, like, the women part the that. I was going to be like, are you thinking? Like, the box. Yeah. Um, especially at my yep. birth from my box. Oh, my God. Um, You're
0: so pregnant right now.
1: I am. And it's spacey. But um, what has it been like? So we talked to a lot of small business owners, especially women, and thinking about building businesses because we're frustrated with the way things are within organizations and systems that don't feel good to us. And so as you spent the past two and a half years building TFB agency, what has that process been like for you, a generally positive person flipping things, but how have you stayed fresh without getting caught into a structure or a a way of doing things known or Mm -hmm. because I feel like as much as we do constantly talk about changing things or making things new, also so often we kind of fall back into the the things that we're comfortable with are the things it's easier that we're doing now. Totally. It's easier. Mm-hmm. And so, how has that been like negotiating clients or navigating your processes or figuring out just how to work with? the people that come to you?
2: So I love that question. It's been interesting because my biggest fear going into my own company was that people weren't going to take me seriously and that they'd be like, oh, like, because before I had worked at all these companies where I was like super proud of their reputation and that's why I went there. So like I, I'm Christina, I work at Martin Agency. I'm Christina, I work at Capital One. Like I had these big things to tie myself to and like very recognizable things and that was so important to me. So then I'm like, I... I'm going away from that. And I'm just going to have to like stand as like, I'm Christina. And, and mm-hmm. I thought everyone was going to be like, like, what is your, like, what is this? And it was just completely the opposite. Like I got so much more respect and people wanting to support me and believe in me because they respected that I was an entrepreneur. I had no idea that that was going to happen and like being a business owner. And it is like, you talk about falling into the trap of how things always be. It is funny because I would just, do my process exactly how I had done it. And I was like, I went off and started my business and you see sometimes people who like work at Capital One and then they start a bakery, like literally, like I know Mm -hmm. someone that did that and it's totally different. Right. And I'm like, I was like, I'm going off. and I'm going to start my own company. I'm going to do exactly the same thing (laughs) that I did in the company, but it's just, that's what I liked. And, and I think too, you, you don't realize what's different about what you're doing sometimes because you're in it and so that's why I really like having the interns and being able to ask them and getting feedback from people and I like make all my clients do surveys and like testimonials and all that stuff so I understand from them like here's what I think I'm doing because you kind of just have to just put your blinders on and just focus on the work and do your day to day and make stuff happen. And then you kind of forget about like the impact or the growth. And it is nice to be, you know, reminded of that and have people be like, oh, it's really awesome that you like meet with all of your clients, like in person, and you go to them. And I was like, dang, like who doesn't do that? And then I thought about it. I was like, actually, you know, other agencies, like you're never going to meet with the owner of the company. Usually, you know, you're going to meet with like their junior team or whatever. And so I think sometimes it takes like an outside perspective to be able to see like like what is special about what you're doing? But obviously it has to feel like right and special and you,
0: to you. But it's so funny that you brought that up because I'm trying to be better about doing that. Like mm-hmm. getting my clients to like tell me things or like say things or like just just so I have like some sort of feedback. Mm-hmm. Because when you are by yourself, it's just you and you're like stuck in your own echo chamber. and You're like, wow, yeah, I guess this is cool. Like mm-hmm. this is great. So um, I'll
2: send you the survey that I send. I just do like yeah. a Google survey And I asked things like, um, what made you want to work with me? Like, how has your impression changed now at, since the beginning of our relationship. And then now that our work is completed, so I send it at the end. Right. And then now I have like a midway checkpoint one too, cause some clients are more like retainers. So like ongoing. So it's not like it's the end. They'd be like, wait, yeah, like, wait, what? <laughs> um, so, um, and I find it really helpful. And mm-hmm. then I say like, what was your favorite thing? And sometimes I'm like super surprised by that. And then so, it is like an ego boost. Like honestly, when you see that, cause you know that like you work so hard to please your clients every day, Because you know that that's what you should be doing, and that's what you want to do, and that's what it is. But just to hear that recognition and be like, oh wow, like to get the like that good feeling of like, oh they really appreciated what I did. That's like the best.
1: Well, also when you're a solopreneur, like you don't have that team of people doing that for you. Mm -hmm. So your clients are your team, essentially, to the extent that they're helping you grow. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you weren't getting that ego boost like the job would be a little lonely and unsatisfying it's
2: interesting though too I remember talking to this one lady and I'm trying to remember like what field she was in but it was like she had talked about she was in marketing too yeah she was in marketing but she said she used to be an esthetician and she had started doing it when she had kids because she wanted to be able to control her schedule so she did it from her house and she said it was so lonely yeah and I was like that's fascinating because you are with people all day day, and you talk to them and like I talk so much I'm like one of those like in the massage I'm like what muscle is that <laughs> um, you know like a and I want to know, like, every product and, like, every detail about every single, like,
1: ingredient. Thing. It's
0: so interesting. Oh, my in God. That, we were just talking. I was like, I hate talking to anybody whenever I get stuff done. Like, I, I hate getting my hair done because I don't want to talk to people. That's like, so I'm just funny. so I'm just like. I out massage,
1: I'm like, please don't make me say a word. I'm going to, like, gonna, Can like, you tell
0: us. I do yoga? Where? Is it, <laughs> Is it my
1: shoulder? Is it my shoulder back? Okay. Like. <laughs> do they look good? Tell yeah. me how good they <laughs> <look>. <laughs> No. No. No.
0: No.
2: More just like the – and I usually don't get massages. I usually go for facials because I'm super into skincare, and I love when they're telling me about – and you can tell sometimes they're just, like, blowing smoke up your butt, and they're saying, like, oh, this, like (laughs) – weird ingredient products that, I don't know, probably from a legal perspective, it's, that they're like, oh, well, this, like, is infused with blah, 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 and it's very fake. Do you know what I'm yes. saying? And they're like, yes. buy it. I know. I'm selling you But when they right really now. actually do know something and they're teaching me, I think, I find it, like, like fascinating to learn about. Yeah. I don't know where I was I don't where know I what
0: you're talking about, but I like serums. It's great. Like <laughs> serums. They're so good. Why <laughs> do they I feel, feel so it? good? I
2: don't know. I use, like, this Lamar Serum in it three hundred and seventy dollars. It's expensive and I can't, good. can't figure out how to get it out of the bottle this much. There's this thing I have from Shark Tank called the spatty yes! daddy. But I don't know where it is. I need to find it. It's in my house. You gotta
0: right. get in you gotta just like get in there and get it out. It's worth it. It's you gotta scoop that stuff out. That's but another thing, Shark Tank, which I love because it also talks about like percentages and you can learn so much from Shark Tank about financing and like people are like, I want investors and you have to be like do you because this is how it works oh yeah very nice I do love that well and okay
2: so that's the other thing just as I go to like all these networking events where I seemingly like don't belong or like whatever I like to watch all these like videos of like people that are totally like outside of my what I'm like and that there was another good quote and it was talking somebody was talking about like our industry and what we do and it's just like I'm so grateful for every client because it's an opportunity to like learn this new thing. Like oh, how yeah. cool and how lucky is that that we get to like that like I'm so excited now at the pediatrician. I'm like learning all about this. I know like I just don't know that industry, right? Yeah. Now. I'm just like so interested to learn like what is that like. I know my perspective and different audiences. And even like with my HVAC company that I work with, we are, are challenged with like filling jobs in that industry, right? These like blue collar jobs. And it's like this whole like systematic problem issue whatever so I'm like well let's interview the text let's see like from their perspective what they think and it was just like fascinating to see and listen to them and just hear about like what's their perspective like what's their day like what are the things they value versus what and I feel like I get to do that like every single day there's always a different audience and you're looking at it as an audience and a customer but really you're like learning about different types of people and to me it makes you so much more like empathetic and like happier and like you just get other people more in it i don't know
0: well you get to like get me. so you get your hands dirty like you like getting in there and getting the experience and like mm-hmm. you have to learn so much when you're doing pr like you have to know and like know the lingo like because if you're fake people will know in a second yeah
2: so and that's like, what it's about it's about like and I think that's been kind of like the common thread throughout in my career. Like, so in social media started out, there's this role community manager, which this just means like in the role I was in, at least I was like representing the company, like the voice of the brand on social media. So I would like tweet as Cool Whip, tweet as Breakstone Sour Cream, tweet as Geico Gecko, whatever. But the thing is about that, you're getting to exercise the creativity and the writing, the tweets and the brand voice and all that. But you're also that like frontline person online of like people who are talking about the brand and you really learn like how are they seeing things? Like how do they describe the product? How do they talk about their lives? Like what things do they care about? And it's just I think you have to have a lot of empathy, but you also maybe like learn empathy in those types of roles. And I think that's now like I've just taken that with me in my career and I think that's like a skill set that you need and that's what makes me really love PR is that it's really just about like getting on people's level and understanding and that's one thing I like pride myself in I don't have like a specific like niche that I even though I love serums and it would <laughs> represent only serums I wouldn't really want to I love that I work with like McDonald's and then James River air conditioning and then Richmond Dermatology and then you know I can just like jump like today I was that like in the morning, I met with Richmond Dermatology. And so we're talking about, you know, like Botox and their strategy and all this different stuff. And then I had to go to like Morris Tile. And then I'm getting calls about something that's happening with McDonald's. And I think that's like so energizing and cool. And I like genuinely care like what's happening at each of those places. And I love getting to shift my perspective so many different times
1: during the day. I love that. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, there's so much psychology within that too, right? Like just understanding and connecting and wanting the best for people regardless of what their preferred outcome mm-hmm. is. Like it can be different from yours and you can still be really good at giving them what they want.
2: Yeah. And that's another quote that I love. It's huh. like um you we're can gonna, add, we're gonna uh, have wallpaper quotes all quotes over this. It's just it's
1: this <laughs> is great for Instagram. It is oh my God, a, cool you it.
2: can have anything you want You just have to help enough people get what they want. And that's what I think it is. And I I work with all these clients and you go in and they're so frustrated. Like, why don't our customers do this? Like, first of all, you just always like default to blame, like technology or systems, not people. Like, it's not the person isn't using this computer. It's like, what can we do to change the system or the process of their technology or the product to make it better to serve everyone? You know, and and then there was another Harvard Business Review article that was talking about obsess over your customers, not your competitors. And I think we get caught in that. And that's why I come into companies as a consultant. Yeah, it's like obsess about them. It's not about like, well, what's the competitor doing? It's like, let's obsessively try to understand and put ourselves in the shoes of our customer, you know? And even I I had talked to this one guy who ran a truck driving company. And he was like, we can't find workers. People just don't want to work. And I immediately knew like, we're not going to, work well together like I'm it's not going to be a good client because for me or a good fit for me because he doesn't he's not able to kind of put himself in in their shoes and say like it's hard being a truck driver you're away from your family there's all this stuff happening so it's like you it's don't look really. at it like why don't you do this for me you just have to it's that like a give shame. without the expectation
0: of of receiving. receiving okay so we have questions that we've been asking everybody this season so the first one would be what is the best Piece of business advice that someone has given you to date, or just a really, really good one. It doesn't have to be the best, but just a good a good piece of business advice that someone's given you. Well, I think
2: one that is so funny that it
0: like comes back to because it's one of those
2: things where you don't really understand the meaning of it or it doesn't mean anything to you at the time, and then in looking back on it now, you're like, oh. And it was my friend's mom. So my friend in high school, his mom, I remember like telling her I was so excited I got that first job that I was and she was like just be careful. Like when you go into your career, it's like, people are going to ask you to do things that you like don't want to do or that you shouldn't do or something like that. And I'm like, okay, like what is that? I don't even get that. Do you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. now I totally get it because it's like, it's that like corporate greed or that, whatever you have to do what you think is right. Like yourself.
0: Yeah. Know where those boundaries are. Like know where they're like hard. No. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And for women, I think that is such a bigger thing too potentially right like it's outside of even what your job description says like with the me too oh yeah i mean we're getting to some like really big types of things where you have to have self-respect and confidence knowing that you're worth more than whatever someone's telling you you're worth to get to wherever you're going yeah and
2: the most important things is like how you treat people and all these other things are going to be with you forever right so I've been like laid off at jobs and had all these like difficult things and another quote I like is like you can always lose something you have but you can never lose something you are and I feel like how you get to be who you are is through all these different things like your little like habits every day and how you treat people and like doing these outside things that aren't like It's not this easy checklist of, like, if I go to my networking events and I do this and I do this, it's about, like, the intention behind it and, like, everything, and and so you just, and sometimes it's, like, super frustrating, it'll be so much easier to just, like, follow what everyone's supposed to be doing and just, like, suck up to the boss and, like, do whatever is, like, on your list and, like, only talk to people that like directly benefit you or that you can like make sales from because that's what your boss wants you to do but like I'm I feel lucky that like I couldn't like the tension and it like it felt like at the time that it was a negative thing because it, it made life harder for me for years you know my 20s but now it's like I'm so glad because it shaped me into like who I am
1: and what I love about that it's such a good way to wrap up because at the beginning we were talking about kind of imposter syndrome and starting a blog in your 20s and being like who am I like I have no credibility I don't know but I think so often especially out of college and in our early career and in most of our lives like it's a constant process but we so often confuse who we are with what we do, we do, or the things that we do define ourselves as, whether it's the company that we're working with, or the shoes that we have on, or the house and the car, like, and none of that is actually who we are, like, who we are is the essence of all of it that manifests what comes into our life, but more difficult for an early 20-something with limited work experience and world experience, like, so much of it is just, like, the trial and error and the messiness of being in the world and and figuring out what it is you really want and then having those existential moments of like oh like I am really good at this and this is what drives me and
0: like I'm going to do my thing I just love that I'm in my 30s now um I am <laughs> yeah. so wise now guys I did a blog post a while ago so one of my
2: intern that was with me the longest her name was emily and she is amazing and she just finished up she's like going into her senior year of college and needs more she's like like 18 credits she's so smart Um, we did a blog post together that was like an intern series, like how to get the most out of your internship. And we kind of went back and forth and talked about it. And we talked about like our favorite quotes and things. And mine is one that I talked about, like a, a piece of advice that I would give my younger self, I think was the question. And I said, you know, I'm not better than anyone and no one is better than me. And that really helps to like put things in perspective and, because it's like I think so often and our friends want to build us up like oh they're nothing like competitors and it's not about like being better than your competitors or being the best so that your client picks you it's all about fit and everyone is just like it's just your place like if something doesn't work out or if you don't get something it's because it wasn't the right fit it's not because you weren't like good enough you know and I think that's a really hard thing to like Learn, But, and then I think that does, it, it can apply to so many things. It's like when you go to networking events and it's like, if you go into it thinking like, I'm better than these people, like that's not going to feel good. And then if you go into it thinking like, I suck compared to these people, it's not going to, you just have to go into it and be like, everyone is just like, everyone you meet knows something you don't. It's just differences,
0: you know? So it, a puzzle I love it. We're just linking puzzle pieces. I'm just linking people up. Um, so if people want to link up with you, where can they find you on the internet? I don't really Android do social, social media, me? so <laughs> I don't have an Instagram. <laughs> I don't really do it. So where can we find you though?
2: Tiramisuforbreakfast. dot com. Can
1: you spell that?
2: T i r a m i s u. Here we go. For breakfast. That works.
1: dot o r
2: yeah yeah. So thank you for checking and I'm going to start a podcast too So and it's I'm going to be so called excited. tiramisu for breakfast and it's going to be this like pick me up and have like inspirational things so you'll soon be able to follow me on that one side like, yes,
0: yes. and you're going to be March. able to have to drop more truth bra- more truth bomb quotes there You need to chill out with the quotes <laughs> no never <laughs> chill out. and, and never please chill. eat
1: tiramisu at every
2: episode
0: yes yeah. one time yeah. I, I
2: went to a new business meeting and it was like with a sales rep and they had it was like 8.30 in the morning and they had gotten a tiramisu the night before for our meeting. Isn't that so nice? 85% I like sure I
0: saw that on your Instagram a few minutes ago.
1: <laughs> if you want to find us, you can find us at www.nexttuesdaypodcast.com on all social handles, Next Tuesday Podcast. Anyway, we'll uh, see you next Tuesday. Bye bye!